Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Russia knocks U.S. hysteria ahead of U.N. Security Council meetings. So the United States has called a special, rare meeting of the U.N. Security Council in which we're going to get in the face of the Russians right there. And the cameras are going to be on. I don't know when this starts. And uh, Russia says we're being hysterical. So we'll see how that goes. I hope our uh, ambassador woman, I don't know her act very much. I hope she's, you know, a quick of mind and light on her feet and able to deal with this. I suspect she will be. I hope so. Yeah, I'd love to uh, hear, watch as much of that as I can. Although sometimes, you know, I'll go into your Sunday shows thinking, oh, this is a topic I'm really interested in. And then I'll just hear the same empty rhetoric I've heard 30 times before. And, you know, ugh. it's weird that Bill Maher, who has been like, God, who could you compare him to today? Uh I don't know. I was going to say AOC, but a non-political figure. But I mean, he was he was the lightning rod lefty 15, 20 years ago. He was the one that right wingers love to hate. And now he's like the voice of reason. And, he, and as he points out in these clips we're about to play, he hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. He's got the same point of view. It's just that everybody beneath him has moved so far leftward or crazy word. I don't even know if you can call it left or right. This is Bill Maher, um, a little bit from his Friday night HBO show. A few weeks ago, Fox News' Dana Perino, a former Bush press secretary, suggested that the Democrats should recruit me to run for president, which is kind of special because it means that in the space of 20 years, Bush press secretaries have gone from telling me I need to watch what I say. They need to, to watch what they say, watch what they do, and this is not... A time for remarks like that. There never is. They've gone from that to wondering if I should run for president. It'll be interesting to see if Bill Maher is recruited to run for um, the presidency. Now, some people think this means I've changed. I assure you, I have not. <laughs> I am still the same unmarried, childless, pot-smoking libertine I always was. I have many flaws, but you can't accuse me of maturing. Let's get this straight. It's not me who's changed. It's the left, who is now made up of a small contingent who've gone mental and a large contingent who refused to call them out for it. But I will. That's why I'm a hero at Fox these days. So, um, yeah, so let's roll into this and then we'll discuss. In this ridiculous new era of mind-numbing partisanship, where if I keep it real about the nonsense in the Democratic Party, it makes me an instant hero to Republicans. The same thing happened in reverse to Darth Vader's daughter, Liz Cheney, (laughs) who is now a hero to liberals simply because she recognizes Biden did not steal the last election. What a sad commentary on our politics, where simply acknowledging reality is now seen as a profile in courage. People sometimes say to me, you know, you didn't you didn't used to make fun of the left as much. Yeah, because they didn't give me so much to work with. The oath of office I took was to comedy. 
wherever you are on the spectrum, I'm going to make fun of you because that's where the gold is. And the fact that they are laughing at it should tell you something. It rings true. So I find it encouraging, and we're about to hear some more explanation of uh, what he thinks wrong with the left. I find it encouraging. I think that the crowd is cheering the way they are. Are they just going absolutely? Are they yeah. just going along with their hero because they bought tickets, or do they they agree with his point of view? Do you think? I think it's I think it's it's more of the uh, the latter. Uh, I think so, and and that's borne out by so many. Uh, you know, articles and editorials and, and resignation letters and whatnot that we've read on the air from folks who said, look, I'm still the same liberal. I still believe in, you know, and they'll go through their list. Everybody around me has swung so far left, this place is unrecognizable. This place being a university, being a newsroom, being a, a TV network, what have you. And here he gets into some of the specific things he's talking about. Normal people read that San Francisco has basically legalized shoplifting. They think Democrats have gone nuts. They think, you know, that Ted Cruz guy seems like a real stiff. But at least he believes in the concept of shopping with money. It's not... It's not my fault that the party of FDR and JFK is turning into the party of LOL and WTF. (laughs) Members of Congress tweeting things like cancel rent, cancel mortgage, and no more policing or incarceration, declaring that capitalism is slavery. Canceling Lincoln and Dr. Seuss, teaching children their oppressors and math is racist, making Mr. Potato Head gender neutral, and now an emoji for pregnant men. Real. I'm not making it up. Wow. California just passed a law requiring large retailers to have a non-gendered toy section. A non-gendered toy section? Isn't Ken enough? Do you have to inject yourselves into everything from where you can throw a Frisbee to who can braid hair? This is why so many people, by the way, were triggered by COVID policies. They were already sick of rules. Regulation should be a good issue for Democrats. It's certainly one they're associated with. And I think the average voter would agree that banks and chemical plants and drug companies need watching. Telling a company, you can't dump the waste from your hog farm straight into the water supply. We're mostly all for that. (laughs) But Democrats have become a parody of themselves, just making rules to make rules because it makes you feel like you're a better person. Making sure that everything bad never happens again which you can never fully do. It just makes everyone else's life a drag. So I wonder if there are um, strategists in the Democratic Party who are paying attention to him, because they should be. They should be paying attention to Bill Maher and thinking they should acknowledge that that's where most Democrats are. Not the loud people who are talking about ending rent, for crying out loud. Or, you know, the prosecutors and the two biggest cities on the West Coast don't believe in crime, so. Right, right. Oh, that reminds me. Yeah, we've got a George Gascon clip we've got to play for you coming up. But, I think yeah, that's a great question. I mean, because it, it's clear that the vast majority of normal people, be they in general lefties or, or righties, agree with virtually everything Bill Marge has said. 
do they have the same energy as the wackadoodle 10% on the outside, on you know, the Twitter mob, as, as they're called? Obviously, somebody fears that in the Democratic Party, because, man, do they dance to their tune. Right. You know, and, and Bill Maher talking about the excess regulations and making rules just to make rules. I, I think it's more than that. It's, it's the self-righteousness that I am so clearly right and good and wise. Not only can I tell other people how to live in virtually every aspect of their lives, but I must and I'm going to. And it's that sort of hubris that's different. I mean, because I'll get on the air and I will, I will rant and howl and, and wax wise and, and, and crack jokes or whatever, whatever I need to do to convince you that my point of view is better than theirs. Okay. But the idea that I should be able to compel you to live that way or think that way or your business has to run that way. I, I personally find that repugnant. And yeah. that's the difference between a lot of, a lot of, not all conservatives, a lot of conservatives and, and the super energized, woke, wackadoodle left. Yeah, the uh, rules for braiding hair and, and Mars anti mask mandates, th- that might be people just in love with rules. But the stuff about defunding the police and there's no such thing as crime, that's just a philosophy. Yeah. That's a wackadoo out there philosophy. Yeah, the term extremist is thrown around way too much. That's an extremist political view. Hell yeah. The fact that we have people in Congress that believe that, or people that are the district attorneys in a couple of the biggest cities in the country, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, well, we could take a break semi-on time for once in our lives and come back with the the Gascon stuff. Call a timeout when we don't have one? Oh, boy. Why do you bring that up? Patrick Mahomes sucks, clearly. What? Oh, jeez. Oh, I, my golly. Oh, if I had only golly. seen that one game, what would have been my takeaway? That he sucks. He was terrible. He did lots of terrible things. Terrible decisions, terrible plays. He made Jimmy Garoppolo look competent yesterday <laughs> if you watched both games. Yeah, Man. that was that was his worst game. It was awful. Oh, by far. And, you know, uh, oh, it was New York Post with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the dynasty that never was. Yeah. The, the window, if you're a sports fan, you know this. That window closes fast. You might have had four straight Super Bowls and been legendary, or you may never, you know, be the big game ever again. And that happens all the time. In yeah, sports. your kids are going to have gray hair the next time they get a sniff. Right. That can happen very easily. Yeah. Oof, that's got to hurt. If I was a Chiefs fan the way I used to be a Chiefs fan, I'm not sure I'd have been able to come to work today. Wow. I mean, that was, that's rough. That's a rough loss. Wow. Do you get deprogrammed? Do you go to a uh, an inpatient uh, program or something for that, or you just had kids? <laughs> I think I just had kids, and a number of things changed in my life. But like, I can't even imagine being that into sports anymore, but whatever year it was, 90s, uh, Bono was the pre- uh, was the, the quarterback. And uh, they went... Sonny or Steve? Steve, and they went 13-3 hmm. and three and lost in the first lost their first game. They had a home field through the playoffs, just like this year. Lost the first game. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I didn't watch a minute of sports. I, I was just <laughs> devastated. I remember wow. sitting there on a bar stool just staring straight ahead like I couldn't hear. I was so disappointed. Wow. Now it seems crazy to be that into a team, but... It's probably because it's a little crazy. <laughs> well, there's lots of people like that. Oh, right. Lots. Yeah. The bar Heck was yeah. full of people like that. Yeah. Um, uh, that thing you mentioned next. 
Yeah, we've got uh, one of George Gascon's top deputies called him out in powerful uh, manner, the communist DA of L.A. and and the Safe Streets program that's killing more pedestrians every day. Stay with us. There's a crime wave here in L.A. Crime goes on in every way. L.A.'s crumbling because gas cone is bumbling while the criminals get away. Well, that was another response to our request for an L.A. is crumbling song. That from listener Steve. <laughs> I love the kind of, I don't know, leader hosen wearing oompa panda feel to it. Because that's, that's hot these days. That's what the kids are rocking to. Gascon's accent is so weird. It just, yes, it, yes, it is. It we is cannot our... prosecute our weight out of the desperation that we have. Yeah, that's uh, that's something nobody asked you to do, you communist. It's interesting to me that so often people who have crazy ideas talk funny. There's something <laughs> tied in there. Mm. Well, he does sound like a character I would expect addressing an underground communist meeting in 1940. <laughs> yeah. Trying to recruit uh, people out of the State Department and Time magazine. You know? <laughs> So, speaking of the infamous uh, L.A. County, soon-to-be former district attorney, I hope, as the recall thing has passed a couple of paperwork milestones and is progressing, uh, John McKinney, who's an L.A. County deputy DA, he let rip the other day. Uh, I missed it somehow, but we've grabbed it now. Here's what he had to say about the boss. Boss has uh, implemented a lot of bad ideas. He is not charging. Uh, obvious crimes. He is advocating on behalf of people to be released from prison sooner than they should. Uh, He is not meeting with victims. Is he upholding state and federal law right now? No, absolutely not. Our district attorney is nullifying important laws, and he's doing it explicitly and unapologetically. Wow, how is this not getting more attention? Inconvenient to the narrative, I guess, which is, uh, again, that's it shows how way out there the media is, whether it's the 76 percent of Americans who think Joe Biden ought to look at all candidates for the Supreme Court, not just black women. Seventy six percent, folks, if you're just tuning in, including a majority of Democrats, media isn't talking about that at all. You had Bill Maher's uh, audience, uh, notoriously a lefty young audience, roaring their approval. At Marr suggesting that the left has lost its mind. So, and uh, McKinney, John McKinney there, he said a lot of other stuff. He said, we're not focused on victims. We're not focused on public safety. And in Los Angeles County, you know my boss, George Gascon, has a soft spot for criminals. He's just trying to raise his stature natu- uh, nationally, rather, leading in favor of criminals. He has created an environment where crime thrives here in Los Angeles County by explicitly telling the criminal community you can commit crimes. Certain crimes I will not prosecute you at all. It's just a mess here in Los Angeles County, and it happens so quickly. Los Angeles is crumbling. 
There you go. Um, yeah, well, we've seen this a couple of times in our uh, talk radio career, whether it was uh, New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina or um, the the thin veneer of civilization, that, that what keeps things together is so much less than you think. And then you just you give the word to criminals that hey you can you can do whatever you want now and it happens so fast. Oh yeah, the predators answer the call immediately, and the not quite so bold but willing to be predator crowd they really come out of the woodwork and predate. Uh, so uh, I promised you uh, this, so I'll deliver it a uh, kind of short version of it. But have you heard of Vision Zero? It's this preventing. It's promoting pedestrians and bikes and closing lanes and opening pedestrian lanes and bike lanes and all. The vision is zero, uh, uh, you know, pedestrian bike deaths. Well, it's been, speaking of L.A., it's been implemented in L.A. since 2015, and traffic deaths and injuries have increased every single year, year after year, since it was introduced. Now, critics are saying this is a waste of time and money. It's choking off traffic. Stop it. Advocates say we haven't poured enough money into it. We're not committed enough. We need to double and triple down on Vision Zero. A government program fails, you give it more money. Yes, exactly. Although they do point out more and more people are staring at devices as they're driving. And that's why people are getting snuffed. And Uh, There's some truth to that. Don't doubt that a bit. I think Gavin Newsom maskless at the big game yesterday is about to become a national story. More on that in a little bit. Armstrong and Getty. Let's go Brandon hats and t-shirts at the bull riding the other night. Not really surprising at the bull riding crowd. No, not surprising at all. Who won, the bulls or the people? Oh, man, the bulls put it to the cowboys, man. There were a lot of people limping. Wow, man, you get beat up bad being a bull rider. I suppose that's why almost all of them are in their 20s. Early 20s, a lot of them. One guy who's a world champion, I guess. I, I don't follow bull riding, so... Um, I don't know, but the guy who's the world champion or has been several times is like 37, and he was freaking awesome. But, um, God, I saw some people get hurt bad. Oh, yeah, that's that's rough, man. Yeah. yeah. Sean, guy? Sean Penn, by the way, is calling for more manly men like you saw at the bull ride, and he's saying we become feminized as a society. Sean Penn, the actor, interestingly I got, enough. I got something that will fit in with that also. Yeah, we'll get to that if we can. Um, there was this one guy, so they announced uh, he's getting on the bull, and all the bulls have awesome names, right? Just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Spine Crusher, Spleen Squasher, <laughs> Tornado, that sort of thing. Reminds me, there's a Tim McGraw song right now that's pretty cool. It's about a guy who had a, a terrible disease. I don't know if he had cancer or whatever, and he got over it. But anyway, he did all his bucket list stuff. It's kind of a touching song, actually. It's about the realizing life is short and doing the things you always want to do. But one of the things that he, he mentions is he, he climbed to the top of a mountain. He did this, that, and he said, I went, and I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. Obviously, on his <laughs> list of things to do is to ride a bull once. I didn't last long, but at least I did it. 
Yeah. There was this guy being announced. He's, he's got his jaw wired shut because last week in Las Vegas, he got his jaw broken. So his jaw's right in front. And apparently right. the bull knew that because in the shoot, the bull rose up a couple times and smashed him right in the face. Oh, no. Several times until he had to wave off and like come out of there and take off his helmet. And he was like holding his face and walking around. Oh, my thought, God. God. Can you imagine making a living like that? Oh, like... no. No. And he's like 20 years old, weighs 120 pounds, getting the crap beat out of him by this bull. I bet the chicks dig it, though. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, until you're 40 and you can't walk. Uh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, oh, so, yeah, tying this all together. So I'm at the uh, the event and the particular venue I'm at in the county that I'm in. Indoor mask mandate. Are you kidding? Well, first of all, the state of California has an indoor mask mandate. You don't even need to you don't even look at the local stuff. The state has an indoor man- mandate. Then you the, will obey. Then the county does, and then that particular venue did. And not a single human being in that place was wearing a mask. What the hell is going on? Everybody had a mask on walking in the door because they 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 said if you don't have a mask, they'd hand you one if you didn't have it or whatever. But then nobody had a mask on. And I, and I just thought, well, what is this doing to society in terms of our relationship to the government and the rule of law and what a law is? Because I don't remember in my lifetime... 12,000 people violating something like that and everybody just being cool with it. Right. I don't right. mind that people did it. It's just weird. And so then you got the uh, the game yesterday, the NFC Championship game in Los Angeles in a state that has an indoor mask mandate, but SoFi Stadium isn't technically indoors because it's got the open thing. But then you get into the the suites where the governor and other people are. That You're getting pretty close to indoors there. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that the the stadium has a mask policy anywhere, and nobody is wearing a mask, including the governor and Magic Johnson and everybody else that was there. Eric Garcetti, the mayor of uh, L.A., the mayor of uh, San Francisco, London Breed, not a mask to be seen. Five-year-old schoolchildren in California have to wear a mask all day long, but not the governor, not football fans. And... I think the reason I bring this up again is I think this is going to be a moment. I think this is going to go national. I saw it in the New York Post. I think this is going to be a big story. This might be a turning point for the whole mask thing. There are nine states that have dropped their mask mandates, but this might be a turning point to where it's just, you know, being at that event the other night where 12,000 people were were defying the mandate and nobody cared. And the the governor doing the same thing? Mm -hmm. You can't justify it at this point, can you? And well, I'll bet the reason he didn't wear a mask, because this wasn't like when he went to the French Laundry and he didn't think anybody was going to see him. We had an early dinner. I think he made the decision that politically, I'm going to get beat up more for wearing a mask when nobody else is wearing one than I am for not wearing a mask. Hmm. I think that's If he the thought calcul- about it at all, I'll bet that's what he thought. I think that's yep. a calculation he made where he would just be mocked roundly if he had a picture like you zoom out and you got a picture of thousands of people with no mask on <laughs> and the governor wearing a mask. I think that would do him more damage than defying the rule. Right, right. And uh, as the uh, California Globe reported last week, despite no masking requirements at recent NFL football games, L.A. County Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer, who's a, just a, a little tinhorn dictator if there ever was one, announced that attendees at the Super Bowl 
will be required to wear KN95 masks while at the game unless they are eating or drinking. So not even just the regular mask that I always wear, which, by the way, is what almost everybody wears, and these things have been deemed useless to Omicron. And she did order masks at the game 80,000 people attended yesterday, too, and was completely ignored. And even in the suite where you got all the biggest politicians, including the governor, nobody wore masks. It's over. Isn't it over? How is it not over, the mask thing? Because they can still compel the poor little kids to wear them all day long at the behest of the teachers' unions. You know, I'm I'm not going to say this to anybody because I don't care if other people wear masks. Go ahead. But I'm just curious. For the people I know who are wearing masks outside at the park and making their kids do that, you saw the governor at the football game. The mayor of L.A., the mayor of San Francisco, they're not wearing masks surrounded by thousands of people. Just curious. Right. Why you still think you need to wear a mask? Yeah. Go ahead if you want. Scientifically speaking. Yeah. Yeah. You left out the greatest point guard of all time, by the way. Magic Magic Johnson. Johnson. And I don't want to hear any argument. Well, I don't. Really? Greatest point guard of all time? Mm. Bring bring all comers to me. Michael Jordan? Mm, he was more a shooting guard. He he ran the point, but he wasn't really. So it's a technicality. Anyway. Oscar Robertson? Oh. Please. Old-timey. Bunch of white guys <laughs> wearing low-top shoes. Different game. <laughs> Old-timey. But anyway, I don't, I don't hold to... I don't hold Magic Johnson to any epidemiological standards. So whether he wears a mask or not, not in particular, <laughs> right? Doesn't really bother me. But all those politicians who have been punishing us and punishing businesses, restaurants struggling to stay open. How many? How many businesses, gyms, restaurants, bars have you read about in recent months who were closed by their county, fined heavily, and will never be back again because they refused to enforce the mask mandates for their customers, who again were self-selecting to go there to mask, to not mask, etc. So the New York Post has the story about all the politicians being in the suite with no mask on, and said they haven't gotten any return phone calls from the governor's office or SoFi Stadium. If if they get to do that and don't have to answer for it, then we have no relationship between the people and power. I mean, if they get to make it a a mandate for the whole state and the county and all these things, and they get to ignore it, and then don't have to answer for it, Mm -hmm. what what is our relationship to the government? Well, they have shown enormous contempt for the people, and the people will in turn show enormous contempt for them, Mm -hmm. and that's when things get a little ugly, or certainly can As I said earlier, my whole life I've been a law follower outside of speed limits. I can't think of anything that I regularly, laws that I regularly flout. I now, because of the way things have changed over the years, and particularly in California, but through COVID and everything like that, I now really approach every law on a case-by-case basis. Do I think this is important or not? Or is the penalty just or not? Or is the penalty bad enough that I'm not, I think it's stupid, but I'm not going to violate because the penalty is too bad. But I no longer feel like just because it's a law, I should have to follow it. Because you you have made it clear that it doesn't matter to you. And you pass the laws or sign the executive order. Mm -hmm. You've destroyed the relationship between people and laws. 
Right. And then you look at folks who've been victimized by the various Marxist oh, yeah. DAs around America. How? What sort of respect do they have for, quote, unquote, the law? Yeah, exactly. You're going to let if somebody baps me on the head and steals my stuff. You're not going to put them in jail. So why do I give a crap that you say this is legal and this is not? Right. Right. Way to destroy maybe the most important relationship we have with the government. God, we are playing with fire as a society on so many different fronts. Well, and um, I remind ye, and this is not paranoid ramblings, I have a degree in this from a major American university. There are plenty of, of, of uh, ideologues who want to break the system. They don't think this is sustainable. They know it's not. They know they are causing a, a schism, a divorce between the governed and the governing uh, they're fully aware of that. That's what they want. George Gascon knows this won't work. That's why he's doing it. But the race stuff that we talk about all the time, where they play with the idea of a race war, just just convince everybody that we're a racist country and white supremacists to uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, the no, neither party believing any election is valid. Start with the little children, indoctrinate them. Our leaders making us do things, and then we find out over and over and over and over again that they don't follow this, their own rules. Mm-hmm. Well, all this stuff is going to have a lasting effect, and it ain't good. I don't know what turns it around either. But uh, but to this specific one, no way they can get away with, because they're going to be at the Super Bowl. What is it, in two weeks? Mm-hmm. The, the, what's going to happen in two weeks? They got to drop the mask mandate. L.A. County has got to drop the mask mandate, and SoFi has to drop it before that, or it'll just be too embarrassing. Because on the Super Bowl, you got 80 million people watching. <laughs> You're suggesting that they have the capacity to be embarrassed. Well, that yeah, it gets back to my point. Are they going to have to answer for it? Or, but I just think, I don't think they can pull it off at the level of Super Bowl. They shouldn't be able to pull it off at this level. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of like the the popular governor when he runs for president gets exposed as a halfwit. Um, yeah, when everybody's in town for the Super Bowl and that hypocrisy is is broadcast globally, it might have an effect. So I think you're right. They'll preemptively get Barbara Fair, the the little Hitler, to uh, to rescind her order. Yeah, they're going to quote some numbers that might be real or not about how the Omicron has receded faster than we thought. So no longer a mask mandate because otherwise they're going to have. Uh, the whole world watching, and certainly most of the country watching, it be completely ignored again like it was yesterday. Yeah. Yep. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. God, it's, it's both hilarious and maddening at the same time. It's horrible and hilarious. It's horrifarious. How can somebody not get a microphone in Gavin Newsom's face and say, all right, explain yourself. Go ahead, explain yourself. All you hear are not masks. There's a mask mandate. Go ahead, explain it. Well, we briefly took off the masks to pose for a pic. No, people who are at the game say you never had one on, you lying liar. <laughs> you have any thoughts? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation. Do I get things wrong? Absolutely, I get things wrong. But I try to correct them. Whenever I get something wrong, I try to correct it because I'm interested in telling the truth. I'm interested in finding out what the truth is. And I'm interested in having interesting conversations with people that have differing opinions. 
Um, I'm not interested in only talking to people that uh, have one perspective. Joe Rogan caved to ancient folk singers. That's the way I read this story. Man, when, wow. you're, when you're staring Joni Mitchell in their scary eyes, you have to issue some sort of a expl- explanation like that. That's well, what you don't is. want her to write some sort of sensitive finger-picked song about you. 50 years ago. Right. Wow. There are absolutely comedic aspects of this. Jack and I have disagreed slightly bitterly over this topic. To me, Joe Rogan heard criticism. And as a fair-minded, honest guy said, you know, that's fair criticism. I probably will adjust. And that, that's courage. That takes more courage. Yeah, the problem is doing it at the point of Neil Young pulling his music, it looks like you can be influenced by threats. That's the problem, I think. Yeah, I think he'd have been better I, off I, I if, he'd have just, if he'd have just ignored it. He could have done what he's talking about doing, decided himself that, and eh, maybe I'm giving the crackpots too much time and not enough rebuttal or something like that. But I think if you, because it looks like to everyone, Neil Young threatened him or threatened Spotify and Rogan had to cave a little bit. You don't want that because they come for more. They come for more. I hear you. That's not a bad point. If Neil Young threatened me, I would just be like, wow, how do I process this? I love to Russ never sleeps, but he's an a-hole and love his guitar playing. But what are you talking about, Neil? So there is one of the things I think that people liked about Joe Rogan that I thought was cool is is he'll have on crackpots and talk to him to hear what they got to say. And well, I, crackpots, that's a little judgmental minority points of view. Sometimes it's crackpots. I mean, flat out crackpots. But but sometimes it's just not the popular point of view, which mm-hmm. sometimes ends up being the popular point of view, or turns out to be right. That's one of the advantages of exploring all the different opinions out there. Because oh no, there are no examples of that recently, Jack. What are you talking about? And we all know how, uh, or if you listen to this show, you know, or his show, I guess, um, you know how he was treated by the media over the whole ivermectin thing completely lied the mainstream media about the mm-hmm. way in, in him taking ivermectin and his approach to it and all that sort of stuff. So I, I like the fact that he'd have uh, I never can remember the name of the frog guy. I have a mental block with that. Alex Jones. I, he'd have Alex Jones on here. The frog guy. Why? Be honorable. <laughs> Crush the snakes under your feet. Get behind me, Satan. See, I want to hear what he has to say. He's hugely popular. And I think, well, what's he all about? Yeah. So Joe Rogan has him on, and you get to hear what he's all about. It doesn't mean I automatically fall under his spell and am now <laughs> ordered around by Alex Jones. That's you not know, the way it works. You know, well, number one, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, number two, <laughs> I think that does speak to the just really bitter, tough-to-take condescension by so many of those who are engaging in the censorship these days. The assumption that if you are exposed to any idea but theirs, you being just a stupid flyover state <laughs> moron or right. or co- or the, the coastal morons, I'm sorry to leave you out, that you'll immediately fall under the spell of the charlatans. And, and so we need our brave defenders in the mainstream media to protect us from these dangerous untruths, which, as Jack pointed out, six months later become the truth. Yeah, so Charles C.W. Cook from National Review, who I really like, said, what one must wonder, does Young believe, Neil Young, believe is going to happen if he hosts his music on the same streaming services people he personally disdains? Is he worried that the zeros and ones will mix inside the patch cables and pollute the purity of his art? 
Yeah, that's a pretty decent question. I mean, what the hell do you care, Neil? No, what is Spotify? It's like a website. What is a website, really, in reality? And who gives a crap if your music's on the same place? Well, Charles Cook goes on to say, Once upon a time, tolerance meant sharing physical rooms with people whose views you opposed and even abhorred. Now, some people can't even share the Internet. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if Spotify were primarily promoting, I don't know, child sex and Nazism, okay, well, then I get it. But they're they're an agnostic platform. People just have stuff to listen to. I don't know. It's just, God dang it. People are a pain in the ass. Hey, Neil, you know what the difference between me and you is? Well, there are several. But uh, one in particular is I am not going to get you tossed off of anything. I don't have the right. And I may find your point of view repugnant. For instance, your willingness to censor. I find that repugnant. But you have the right to say it. And if we're on the Internet together, I'm not threatened by that, you crazy old song slinger. Well, let's hear this. I think this is the clip. Do I have to sue CNN? They're making shit up. Oh. They keep saying I'm taking horse dewormer. I literally got it from a doctor. It's an American company. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, They won the Nobel Prize in 2015 for use in human beings. Yeah. And CNN is saying I'm taking horse dewormer. Yeah, what? So well, they must know that that's a lie. Well, there's a lot of people saying it, <laughs> right? But a lot of people can say it. Okay. Yeah. Like the internet says it. Who cares? Sure. But, but CNN is saying it. Quickly. They try, try to make so it seem good. as if. And like, then and we had the clip of MSNBC where Meekersburg says, "Oh my God, Joe Rogan's talking about taking ivermectin." Oh my God. Yeah, it's a prescribed drug that some people take. And do you remember there's so many people in the emergency room in Oklahoma City because they took horse paste that gunshot victims couldn't be treated? Not a single syllable of that story was true. We got a 40-person fight at a Golden Corral. We'll have to talk about that in hour four. That's the uh, that's the buffet, right? Oh, yeah, with the chocolate fountain? <laughs> Among other things, that little, like heaven. that little kids stick their dirty little hands into. All if you miss a chunk of the show, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.